Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Owen Jones, and this is the Cheerful Election Daily. Six days, everyone. Six days. Numero cease until the general election and the biggest, most important election of our time. Now, I'm in a massive, massive rush. I've got to go to Chipping Barnet uh, to try and mobilise the Labour base. And the reason I have to go is, is the majority was 353 last time. If I don't go now, who knows? Maybe that's, maybe I won't turn up. That could be it. Maybe overstate my importance. But I'm just saying, talking in a podcast versus trying to get rid of the Tories. What I'm going to do today is take you behind the scenes of Momentum. They are the absolute epicentre of this campaign. And I want to show you what they're up to, what impact they're having, and what will it all mean for this election. So I am in Finsbury Park in North London. This is Momentum HQ. Momentum, which was founded off the back of the first leadership campaign Jeremy Corbyn mounted back in 2015 to harness the energy in that campaign. It is a busy, cluttered office. A lot of people hard at work. I am with Emma, who is one of the founding members of Momentum way back in that alternative universe of 2015. So tell me, firstly, just tell me how Momentum kind of began and what its purpose was. Momentum was launched four weeks after Jeremy first became leader of the Labour Party back in 2015, which feels like a million years ago now. What we saw in that election was tens of thousands of people joining the Labour Party, people who'd never been interested in politics before, feeling like there was an opportunity for change. So Momentum was really about trying to build on all of that energy and enthusiasm uh, and and help to transform the Labour Party into uh, a more radical party that was able to deliver a transformative agenda for the country, but also change the way that politics happens. It wasn't like some spectator sport, people in Westminster wearing suits, doing everything on our behalf. It's actually a movement of ordinary people up and down the country coming together to campaign on the issues that really matter to them locally and to take that energy into the Labour Party as well. So it was often portrayed as quite a sinister force by a lot of the press and by MPs. It's going to come and reds under the beds, that kind of thing. How to explain that kind of that portrayal and the reality? Yeah, I mean, there was so much just nonsense that was written about momentum, particularly in those early days. And the reality was it was just like lots of really, really decent people who cared about a more equal and just society coming together to try and change the way that politics happened. So you'd have, like I was a teacher myself, um, Santiago, who's sitting just over there now, who had been working as a carpenter. We had people who were students. We had people who were retired, who'd been working in you know, the public sector or private sector and just people from all walks of life coming together and trying to do things like make a positive change and um, yeah but we were simultaneously depicted as like you know young and idealistic or old Trotskyists and militant Mark II or, you know like there were lots of different kind of accusations but the reality was you know we're just a group of people trying to build a it sounds very cheesy but trying to genuinely build a, a different kind of politics. So what's Momentum doing in this election? 
uh, lots of stuff. So, you know, the level of activism has been just incredible in this election. Um, when the election was called, Momentum just really sprang into action. Uh, we had um, a video call the day after the election was called, which thousands of people joined. Um, we've been signing people. We've, we've launched a Labour Legends programme where we've asked people to take a week to two weeks off work to campaign full time in a marginal constituency. We had something like 1,400 people sign up to do that. So we've placed hundreds of people who've committed to take one to two weeks off work, you know, who are travelling away from their homes for that period of time to go to the marginal constituencies in the country that need them the most and to just campaign full-time for Labour in those constituencies, staying with other Labour Party members. Um, so it's just like taking solidarity to a whole, a whole new level. We've run... Um, we've got this... Uh, map called my campaign map so um you put in your postcode and it shows you where the marginal constituencies are that need you the most so we're trying to make we're trying to lower the um barrier any barriers to participation trying to lower them as much as possible so it's as easy as possible for people to get involved we've got these distributed uh teams of volunteers who work all around the country. In fact, we've even got international teams of volunteers who are also running calling programmes and texting programmes to mobilise volunteers. Uh, we have a clipping team, so a team of, of volunteers who clip every time there's uh, something like a, a, one of the progressive commentators maybe even like yourself go <laughs> go on uh, you know on the media uh, making the arguments in favor uh, of the labor party and um, so they'll clip those videos and put them onto um a free to download uh, vimeo channel so we've just got people just, it's a big like people powered effort basically the level of volunteer coordination is definitely on a scale that we've never seen before so it's bigger than 2017 uh, definitely definitely bigger than 2017 and that's a real challenge because you know we we had been in a position to mobilize lots of people in that election and it was also in the summer which is generally you know when people are out and about and it's easier to motivate yourself to go canvassing when it's nice weather rather than a cold drizzly tuesday evening in november or december but in spite of all of those challenges the level of energy and optimism now is is greater than 2017 for sure so finally six days before the election what would you ask people to do in those last few days, in the last lap? Because this is when I think people were in, in the polling suggested that a massive chunk of people who voted for Labour in 2017 only did so, decided to do that in the last week. So what, what, what should people do? So people, we've got six days left. Even if you haven't been involved in the campaign until now, you've got every opportunity to make a huge difference on the outcome. You know, we've got... Uh, a polling day pledge which we're asking people to sign so even if you it will be the first time that you've canvassed for the whole campaign don't let that stop you like get involved we need as many people as possible on polling day so thursday the 12th uh, out helping us to get the labor vote out because this will be you know this is a big challenge that we have to overcome with particularly with a winter election you know it might be raining we don't know what the weather's going to be like that might depress the vote and we know that Labour, the strength of Labour support are going to be with people who are least likely to vote. So we want to have a massive, massive get the vote out operation. Um, so please go to mypollingdaypledge.com um, or my campaign map to find out where you can go to make the biggest impact um, and get involved. There's just loads and loads of people who've never done this before either. So if that's you, don't worry about it. Like You'll be there with lots of friendly people who will help you um, get stuck in. 
So if you haven't already, then go to mypollingday.com and sign up to take the day off on polling day. Go to a marginal and help us get the votes out for Labour. So I'm with Chloe. Chloe, how did we first meet? We might as well get that over and done with. Uh, we met um, at Glastonbury um, in N- NY Downlow. NY Downlow. It was about three in the morning. Yeah, I say around three. It was it was a very beautiful night. It was. it was. We went to a field when it became light and just got just just in touch with nature. I also got given an amazing bright orange Adidas hoodie by a complete stranger. <laughs> so probably one of probably one of the best days of my life. Right. So what are you doing here at Momentum? What's the what are you working on right now? Um, well, today I've been working on uh, some preparation for a call winning this evening, uh, which is about mobilising people to talk about the NHS on the doorstep. Um, so we've just launched an amazing website with some resources about the NHS, some flyers, stickers. Um, yeah, so focusing on that right now. Why is it important to get people talking about the NHS in this election? Um, well, we found that the NHS is one of the issues that's really, really cutting through with voters. Um, so obviously... Lots of people care about different things um, and the Tories really want this election to be about Brexit. Um, But what we're noticing is that one area which people really, really, really care about um, and where people really do know that Labour is the party they can trust uh, is the NHS. Um, So, yeah. And what in terms of what other stuff have you done and what's the kind of highlights been for you this election? Um, oh, there's been so many, so many highlights, uh, so many good moments. Um, but yeah, I guess mostly we've been trying to focus on mobilising people to get out and get involved um, and also to sort of like do more than they've ever done before. So we've been speaking to people who've been active for a while and saying to them, like, it's great that you've been going out canvassing. Um, but what we really need you to do now is to help actually organise other people and get other people mobilised to go out canvassing as well. Uh, so we've asked people to set up Let's Go groups where they're creating WhatsApp groups, getting all their friends involved. Um, we've been asking people to host TV debates, uh, watch parties, phone bank parties, doing all sorts of different things. Also been really involved with the Labour Legends programme, which has been incredibly exciting. That that really is one of the highlights, is speaking to Labour Legends who have travelled all the way down to Cornwall and hearing about the amazing, amazing times they're having uh, in these different places. Finally, are you feeling hopeful? I'm feeling so hopeful. I'm feeling really hopeful. Uh, it's been really exciting to see the polls starting to uh, go up the last couple of days. Um, and yeah, just really, really, really hoping we're going to elect the Labour government that we all deserve. Woo! So Santiago, what were you doing before momentum stuff? Uh, I was a builder before that. So what drew you into all of this? Um, I actually live in Islington and my family, my, I'm half Chilean. <clears throat> and part of Jeremy's family is Chilean his sons are half Chilean as well there aren't that many Chileans in London so they all kind of know each other and once Jeremy got elected like my family was like oh, we've got to help Jeremy in any way we can send him a message and he was like look you know we've got tons of people around us amazing people that I can help out but there's this new thing called momentum starting see if they want to help so I went down after work you know all my building gear turned up at the office Emma was there um <laughs> It was terrible, really messy, completely chaotic. chaotic. Wasn't going to come back, but then got a lovely message from um, another activist called Adam, who was like, come back tomorrow, it'll be great. Did, never look back. So that's how I got involved. So what are you doing in this campaign at the moment? Um, I'm running, well, I'm working with lots of great people in the campaigns team. <clears throat> uh, basically, we're just trying to do as many things as possible to get as many people involved as possible. I think coming, coming off the back of 2017, it was like the first time lots of people have been out canvassing, campaigning, ever kind of experienced what it was like to be on the doorstep. I think in 2019, it's, we still got lots of those people, but there's lots of people now who are like experienced and active and have done this all before. And kind of now, it's like take, making sure they can kind of go to the next level 
uh, make sure they're kind of doing stuff in a strategic way. What we don't want is like a repeat of 2017 where we've had lots of people, like thousands of people turning up to one constituency. We want as many people from like Manchester, Liverpool, London, going to the marginals outside in rural places where they needed most. I think momentum, we want to be that conduit where if you've got the time, you can be used. And it's not just time on the doorstep. You know, if you've got disability, if you've got caring responsibilities, if you know, you've got anxieties and you don't want to speak to people on the doorstep, you know, your time will be used effectively. We've got online volunteer teams. Everything from texting and calling to research to, um, you know, persuading people on Facebook, online. There's like a million ways to get involved. If you have time, Momentum will use it and use it strategically. And I think that's the role we want to play in this this campaign. So finally, do you think Momentum learned what did work and what didn't work in 2017 to try and put that into, change change things for this time? Uh, Definitely. I mean, I think... Yeah, like I said, I think we, in the first time around, it was like, get out there, get canvassing, get campaigning. But not everyone can do that. And also it's quite easy to be quite like London focused and like city focused. I think this time around, it's making sure that everyone can be involved, you know, using dialogue to call people, being part of a texting team to text anyone, kind of the relational organizing where you're speaking to your grandmother, your friends, your colleagues, getting them to go out and vote. Um, Labour legends. So if you're the kind of person who can take two weeks off work to go and stay in a marginal, we'll facilitate that. And we know we've had people going from like Northern Ireland to Glasgow, from London to Truro, staying there for two weeks just campaigning. And it's like, you know, allowing people to, to step up, take the next level, kind of go beyond what they did in 2017. I think we've been doing that quite well. Cheers, Antonio. So I'm speaking to Callum. He's a very talented young fella. So tell me briefly the summer stuff you do. Uh, so I am digital communications lead here. Uh, and a brilliant writer. And a brilliant writer. I didn't say that myself. Um, but so basically I am doing um, lots of our kind of like social media stuff, some of our uh, communications infrastructure, website, that kind of thing. So what, what, give me a bit of kind of detail. What does that mean in practice? Um, so we're trying out lots of kind of unconventional communication techniques during this campaign. So uh, we've got stuff like a targeted live chat where on the bottom of some of our video adverts, particularly in marginal seats, there's an invite to like talk to a support volunteer. Um, and basically those people then, if they click that, come straight into a chat with a volunteer on the back end. So it's kind of like digital door knocking, right? So people in marginals are having like direct conversations with volunteers persuasive conversations over the internet in a way that we've never actually been able to do before so that means we're reaching people who wouldn't actually be reached by just knocking their doors in the street right um and that's really like opening up the way that we're targeting people and the way that we're having conversations and persuading people about you know the ideas of the manifesto um alongside that you know we've got a much more sophisticated digital infrastructure this time around than we did last campaign i mean it's not my work but my campaign map is is quadruply as, as complex and and way more used than, it, than my nearest marginal ever was and so part of what i do is kind of trying to link that into our whole overarching project so that all of our digital assets are are playing into the same thing so how many people do you think this is mobilizing using this kind of online sort of approach so i mean the stats for my campaign map are huge um and then the actual conversations we're having i mean a lot of it's around things like the digital army i mean we're using whatsapp in ways that haven't been used beforehand we've got thousands and thousands of people forwarding messages on there to their friends forwarding messages on there to group chats it's really hard to actually know what you know whatsapp's not very opaque about what what you're actually achieving but we are talking about, you know, a huge new communications methods um, emerging out of this campaign that, that just didn't exist uh, like three months ago. So please introduce yourself in full. <laughs> Hello, my name is Claire Heimer and I am member comms lead at Momentum. What's going on then? Uh, so one of the things I'm doing right now is I am planning a uh, conference call that we're running on Sunday. These are big um, mass conference calls that we run with thousands of activists across the country. Um, they're really, really important for making uh, activists feel really engaged and mobilised in the campaign. Um, it's kind of a really key way that... Um, basically people feel hyped it's really great that people are able to come on the call feel you know really involved in the strategy one of the really key things that we're pushing um 
in this election is having a really open strategy. So we really want to be able to explain to people um, all the time exactly, you know, what our priorities are, why we're focusing on certain things. And these calls are a really great way for people to get hyped and have fun. So what are your hopes in the last few days of this campaign in terms of what and the stuff you'll be doing and what that will mean? I think the momentum, smaller momentum, really is here right now. Um, in terms of what I'm doing, I'm really hoping that we're going to get absolutely thousands of people on um, our last two calls. We've got a big one on Sunday and we'll have another huge call the night before polling day. Um, I hope this is going to be a really great opportunity for people to come together, feel really energised and then get out there in these last few days and make it happen. Woo! So with the big man himself, John Landsman, founder of Momentum. John, you, I mean, this must be surreal for you because you, uh, you helped run Tony Benn's deputy leadership campaign and then you saw socialism collapse as a political force. Do you find this whole re-emergence a bit, a bit weird? Uh, well, it's not so much the re-emergence I find weird because I, you know, I was hoping it would happen, um, you know, and working for it for quite a while. Uh, but it's the scale of it that is, is so different because actually at the time of the Tony Benn campaign, I thought it was big. You know, it was a national campaign. First time the, the, the leader had been elected by the wider franchise and there were meetings all over the country. There were rallies. There were fringe meetings, union conferences. But it was tiny in comparison with this. You know, we, our core team for that leadership campaign was about four people. Uh, you know, we've got 55 here or whatever it is and that's it's just incredible you know the scale of the left's operation now and the sophistication and uh, so that is deeply encouraging so you are of course forever young but it's true to say that this this campaign I mean if I look around you know I'm 35 and I'm older than most of the people here why have young people played such a decisive role including the leadership of this movement what's happened there what's this phenomena because in 1983 young people plumped for Margaret Thatcher's kind of a naive view of what history was that young people are left wing or whatever and then become right wing I think it was you know fra- it was so surprising and fresh to hear the kind of politics that Jeremy articulated in 2015 uh, so many people were enthused by it because uh, they'd heard it for the first time um, I think young people though they're young have been let down by uh, society in a big way you know I went to university I didn't pay fees I got a grant I left with well it felt like a debt at the time but it was several hundred pounds Um, you know people leaving with tens of thousands of pounds worth of debt uh, you know not being able to afford housing uh, you know are in a very much worse position now Um, you know, I, I was able to sign on in, in, in holidays, you know, and stuff. Uh, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a different world. And I think there's that, uh, you know, young people f- are on the sharp end of inequality, actually, in much larger numbers, even, even, even people who come from relatively well-off, you know, middle-class, you know, families, you know, people in, you know, who, who are in, whose parents are in, you know, good jobs, you know, earning reasonable money, uh, they're still uh, severely disadvantaged. What's Momentum's big contribution in this election campaign? Uh, we've mobilised again very large numbers of people, but this time we're doing it not just uh, on the ground, you know, in constituencies, we're doing it online. Last time we aimed to uh, mobilise people to interact with the public. This time we're mobilising people to organise things, organise other people to interact with the public, and that way we can scale up to a much higher level. So, uh, and to do different, uh, you know, more and different varied things. So, a largely hostile media has often portrayed momentum as just the kind of Jeremy fan club. But if 
the if Labour comes to power in some form next week, what would the role of momentum then become? Uh, we would want to be uh, mobilising support for his policies. Uh, you know, and not everybody is going to like his policies. You know, the the few are not going to like it, uh, and uh, we need to mobilise people to support those policies uh, to ensure that you know they happen and we overcome the the obstacles that he'll face. And even maybe to where necessary, put kind of make make them more radical. What do you think? Uh, well, we. We do need to carry on pushing for them. I mean, I suppose it's not unreasonable to say that not absolutely every member of the Parliamentary Labour Party is equally committed to every aspect of the policies. And so, uh, you know, some encouragement might go, you know, might be useful. Will momentum be here in 10 years? Absolutely will be here. We'll, you know, whatever happens, we will be carrying on promoting the kind of programme that Jeremy stood for when he was elected leader uh, that's now set out in much more depth and detail in uh, our manifesto. We're going to be carrying on pushing for more democracy in the party. We want it to be a a member-led movement. Uh, It will be a member-led movement. That's uh, crucial to our aims. Uh, We want to recruit more people. Uh, You know, we want uh, to to mobilise people for uh, all of that, for for democracy and for those policies. Brilliant. So, I'm with Joe Beardsmore. Now, you've been out in the US for a long time, so tell me what you've been doing out there. Yeah, I've lived there for about five years now, and I work with National Nurses United on their Medicare for All campaign, fighting for universal health care in the States. So, in terms of the British and the American left, which have both risen quite dramatically and quite suddenly in the last few years at a similar time, what have they both, what do you think, has there been a real exchange of kind of experiences, of techniques, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's been amazing to watch people in the UK and the US really work together because we're faced with a lot of the same challenges. So in the US, people are fighting for universal health care, while here in the UK, we're fighting to defend it. And people have been sharing the, the tactics and the campaigning techniques that really work so we can all help each other out. So earlier this year, there were volunteers in the UK who actually phoned people in the US to share healthcare stories, tell them about the NHS in order to help people in the US fight for Medicare for all. And also now in the UK, we're learning from some of the campaigning techniques that have been successful in the US. So in Bernie's campaign in um, 2016, Um, when he was running for president, he used this kind of distributed organising techniques which allowed as many volunteers as possible to get involved and to step up and take on the kind of responsibilities that normally uh, staff members play on a campaign. Since that Bernie campaign, um, people in the States have taken that further. So the National Nurses United um, Trade Union, they've been using those same techniques to build this huge mass movement fighting for Medicare for All. And then here in the UK, Momentum have also been using this same kind of approach to make sure as many people as possible can get involved in the campaign and we can really build a mass movement that can uh, overwhelm um, the establishment political forces we're up against and also um, you know, outmaneuver and outfight um, the, the corporate media and the people who try to stop us from, from being heard. And finally, what are you up to right now? What's your little project right here, right now? Right now, I'm getting ready for a phone call we're having tonight with um, nurses and other NHS workers. Um, we're talking about how to make sure the NHS is at the forefront of the, um, the campaign in these crucial final weeks. And we're getting ready to, to help people to speak about the NHS on the doorstep. 
Tess, what's going on? Hi, Owen Jones. It's a pleasure to meet you. What a true pleasure for both of us. What's going on? Why are you doing this? What are you here for? I am here with Momentum today to record some sketches to try, I guess, to try and influence people to vote the right way, to vote for the goodies next Thursday. Not the bad guys, because they're rubbish. No, exactly. Uh, and, you know, for me, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a young working class lad from up north and everything in my life is affected by politics. And, and I think about the people around me, the people I've grown up with, my family, my friends, and all of those people. And what do they need to have a better standard of living um, from 2020 onwards? Uh, and I think a Labour government is what they need and people around the country need. So it says you're a comedian. You could just spend your time just being a comedian and stuff. A lot, a lot of comedians do that. They're like, I'm not getting engaged with all this sort of stuff. Same with actors, musicians. Some do. Most don't. Why have you done it? Because I care, man. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying those people don't care, but because... Some of them don't. Well, I, I guess some of, some of them do, some of them don't. But where I'm from, from Blackburn, working class, northern town, like I've seen the effects of austerity on Blackburn and on towns like Blackburn all over the country because I travel in this job. That's what I do for a living. And so it'd be remiss of me to have this platform to have been given this opportunity to be able to speak out and then not use it in what I feel is the right way. So finally, what are you urging people to do last six days? Um, I'm urging people to keep the hope, keep the faith, spread that message of hope around the country. We've got... An amazing once in a lifetime transformational um, uh, um, manifesto. Uh, yeah, transformational manifesto that I think would be amazing for the vast majority of people in this country. And even the people that I think are going to be adversely affected by it, actually they're not because good public services um, is, is good for everyone. And what is good for the goose would be good for the gander. Boom. Boom. Cheers for listening, everyone. As ever, it's a real treat. I may or may not, let's see do a special podcast after the leaders debate i think i am going to but i've got to check with emma caution who's the brilliant person who has to spend her life listening to me babbling and trying to package it in a way that's vaguely listenable so let's see how that goes but lots of love keep fighting let's do this election daily is produced by the cheerful team including jeff lloyd emma caution joe kenyon and joel pierce with music from pete frazier planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.